0: It's Monday, the 18th of January, 2021. My name's Alex Elliott, and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened, and why we should care. I'm joined this week by the artist, writer, and podcast presenter, Lydia Holt. Welcome to you.
1: Thank
0: you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Um, Now, it took a little while. Border regulations were cleared up on Friday, finally, and double testing became mandatory as part of the effort to keep the virus infection rates down. In loosely related news, an infected person was this weekend forcibly taken to the quarantine centre by police after openly flouting isolation rules. An Icelandic man has undergone pioneering transplant surgery in Lyon, France, replacing both of his arms and shoulders. Uh, The operation took 12 hours and was a technical success. After failing to secure support from all party leaders, the Prime Minister is submitting her constitutional change bill to Althingi on her own, uh, but says that she is nevertheless quite confident. A debate about the correct age to start breast cancer screening has been raging, uh, with the result that a proposed change to 50 years old has been postponed. On the orders of the finance minister, the state is readying itself to sell off banki, uh, but the timing of the decision has proven controversial. An armed attack in a Reykjavik school has raised many questions around the issues of bullying, young uh, youth gangs, open access to school buildings and more. And finally, the pirates are preparing a parliamentary proposal to re-examine Iceland's marriage laws, asking why registered partnerships are restricted to just two people. Uh, so where would you like to begin?
1: Oh, my gosh. There's so much going on. There is. Um, I, I think we should just start at the top and make our way down.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, the border regulations. So technically, like on a day-to-day basis, most people have been choosing the the double testing anyway, and it doesn't make any difference to them. But it makes a lot of difference to, I, I guess, national security, you could say.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was surprised that um, that, that wasn't mandatory like the whole like throughout this whole pandemic um because especially for tourists coming and they're like oh no we'll just do the the two-week quarantine voluntary quarantine Hmm. and then of course they don't because they're just here for two weeks (laughs) and so they you know out restrictions and never get tested and go out possibly being positive Hmm. um so i'm glad to hear
0: The, the majority of people doing that are actually people that live here.
1: That that aren't quarantining, is that what exactly. you were saying?
0: Yeah, they people come back and then go straight back to work the next day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we wonder why there's a surge in numbers. Um, yeah, but I'm glad that now there's double testing mandatory. It's for everyone, correct?
0: Uh, yeah, with very few exceptions, medical yeah. exceptions, Yeah. And of course it's, it's free. It doesn't cost any money anyway. So it's, it's a bit of a no brainer. I guess the reason it took so long is because they were wondering whether or not it's legal to, to force people to do that. And they still haven't got an answer to that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I feel like it must be legal. I mean, this is a, a matter of public health. Yeah, it's not so much, you know, oh, do you want to do this? It's something that it's necessary to protect everyone.
0: True. But for example, when the police forcibly take a blood sample, they can only mm. do that, for example, if you're suspected of a crime, for example, drink driving, True. if you're just entering a country. I don't know whether having a thing shoved up your nose is different to a needle, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, it is a grey area.
1: It is. It is. It's. Ah, yeah. Are they, so what are they doing in other European countries? Are they also doing mandatory testing or are they just not letting people in?
0: A bit of both. I don't think most countries don't do testing at the border. It's too complex and expensive. Um, <sighs> if they let you in, you just walk straight in. Oh, interesting. It's a, it's
1: a bit of a moral quagmire.
0: <laughs> it, is. it is, but changes ahead as well. They've also announced um, for the 1st of May, that it will change again it will relax people that are coming from green countries whatever that means Mm -hmm. the 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 lowest risk countries green and orange Mm -hmm. sorry will be allowed to come in with a certificate and a single border test right um and that's kind of what the the tourism industry has been calling for for months now a little bit more predictability a little bit more ability to plan ahead
1: right and the certificate says Either the person has been has tested negative, or has been infected and recovered. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yeah, and I think, yeah. and I think agility, it also includes right? people that have been vaccinated too.
1: Oh yeah, I, I forgot about the <laughs> the vaccine. It's so new. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and it's possible that Iceland can get will get um, a lot more vaccines from Pfizer, correct? To get um, to test um, herd immunity, within like we'll be like a test group.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. We were talking about that last week, and they were hoping to get an answer by the end of last week, and uh, no conspicuous silence. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, wait wait and see, I guess. Um, that yeah. would be, that would be cool. But, uh, yeah, no, no, no news yet.
1: Okay. Uh, which well, is not surprising. The... I'm sorry, Pretty go on. ahead. No, I'm just glad that now, now we have some sort of like procedure in place at the border that's consistent and everybody knows the rules and hopefully things will go smoothly.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, especially now that there's these new variants from the UK, South Africa, Brazil, which are potentially a lot more contagious and a a lot of a bigger problem in this, in society if they get out. Uh, So stopping them at the border is really, really important. Yeah. Mm. Um, Okay, maybe we can move on from there. It's a short, sweet topic. There isn't a great deal to say, is there? Keep the bo- keep the virus out. Um, keep it
1: out. Get tested. Get tested, or you know, maybe just don't travel for well, if you feel yeah. a little bit sick.
0: <laughs> and also, that that's a good point as well. I mean, there was a lot of travel over uh, Christmas and New Year's, as you might expect. Um, But the police officer, Rukvaldur Olofsson, was saying last week if, you know, there aren't a lot of people traveling now. Um, I noticed today there's two flights from Keplerik only, so. Two? Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, that's good. I'm glad that people are playing it safe.
0: Indeed, indeed. There's not a lot to, as a tourist, there's not a great deal (laughs) to do, is there? Um, okay, so the Icelandic man who underwent pioneering transplant surgery, that's,
1: that is is pretty phenomenal.
0: I mean, it's science fiction almost, isn't it?
1: It is. And these are from, uh, I haven't completely finished reading the article. Is, these were, like, how does this work? I really don't <laughs> understand how this works at all.
0: No, well, Grumman de Felix Gretoson is his name. Um, He lost both of his arms, I think, 22 years ago in a work accident. Um, And then he's been on this transplant waiting list for five years in Lyon. I believe Lyon is a real Mm centre for transplant um, innovation. They they did the first face transplant as well, I believe. Um, And, yeah, so he's been living in Lyon, waiting and then they got notice on Monday, a week ago, that um, someone, was, uh, someone suitable was about to die. Wow. And then it happened on Wednesday, and it's 12 hours worth, and there was, I think, 50 doctors and nurses from all over the region taking part in this major surgery, and it seems to have worked.
1: That, uh, I, can't, I can't wrap my brain around this. I mean, if you can do face surgery, of course, you can do, do other kinds of transplants, but it's still amazing. Mm. After so many years, I, don't, I have to say, I, I don't know that I would necessarily, I think I might be hesitant to get that kind of transplant. Having lived so long, you know, with, without, mm. would it be weird to then have, to have arms and shoulders again and not really your own?
0: Yeah, I mean, good yeah. questions. Uh, I, I I would say there's probably a massive difference between living with one arm and having no arms. Uh, this is true. Having that extra mobility back will be very welcome. But yeah, someone's got to do it, though, haven't they? If it, this yeah. is first of its kind, not quite sure how it works out for surgery. It right. has to be someone.
1: And how much functionality is it going to have? I guess it's it's going to be more than more than he's able to do now right
0: I suppose in a perfect circumstances it would be almost like his own arms Um, but they they have no way of knowing at this point how well it's taken
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: it's absolutely enormous really isn't it I mean all of the muscles all of the nerves all of the
1: all of the blood vessels someone had to do that
0: Mm. yeah so easy to go wrong
1: and yet here we are.
0: And yet here we you are.
1: Know, as crap as humans can be, you know, breaking quarantine, doing stupid things, we also can do amazing things.
0: Amen. Yeah, <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they know it was a technical success. The, the doctors have stood back and said, wow, that went well, but that's no guarantee that the, the next year, for example, will, will, will bring him full mobility, but it could do. And that would be mm-hmm. just remarkable if it does. Um, And I know everyone in this country, and in France as well, has been aware of this case and really rooting for him, uh, obviously. Of course. Yeah. And his father... He's making history. He is making history, yeah. Um, These are the little medical uh, milestones that, that we look back on and, you know, yeah. His father was on the news, uh, on Rove talking about how, how he feels about it. And he was quite, um, I would say, positive, a little bit stoic as well. Sort of, mm-hmm. you know, we've lived with this for so long. It's, it's, um, it's a bit of a shock. And even though we've been preparing for this moment for five years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it still doesn't feel real. <laughs> yeah,
1: I can imagine. Yeah, it's been so long.
0: Mm. Now, it's interesting, I, have, I don't have an answer to this question, but why on, and how it came to be uh, an Icelander that had this first?
1: Mm. Mm. Well, I imagine there maybe him being um, having both of his arms lost, maybe mm. it was a factor, like he's, I'm, I'm sure there were a few people who have been, been in that position. So maybe that makes him stand out as a candidate
0: yeah, and also I wonder what involvement the, 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 the health service, the Icelandic Health Service has had mm. in this as well, because they do send people overseas for things they can't mm. do at home, don't they?
1: Right, advocating for, for getting him help.
0: Mm. Exactly, fascinating case though.
1: Yeah, and it, um, it's great that uh, the medical system here is doing, is getting that right. Helping people in that in that sense, um, whereas what was the other thing we were going to talk about the cancer screenings, and that's a, yeah. a little bit of a mess.
0: Hmm, <laughs> it is a little bit of a mess. Um, the thing that we talked about in the introduction here was the the breast cancer screening, and I believe the current age when people are started to 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 be invited for those tests is forty. Yes. And there's been an idea of increasing that to 50, um,
1: which makes no sense to me. Okay. It's completely ridiculous in my opinion. Um, and every single case of like whatever cancer it is, the thing you hear over and over again is that the, your best chances of surviving and beating it are early detection. So the sooner you start screening, um, the better, and yet they want to make it 10 years later and that doesn't make any sense to me did they say did they when they proposed this did they um was there any reasoning behind it did they give a reason or or were they just like oh
0: (laughs) (laughs) there there must be an element of money involved um of, of cost cutting but also I suppose the people are living longer and staying healthier longer and maybe the prevalence of breast cancer in the under 50s is lower than it once was. And the data suggests maybe that that's an acceptable risk to take, I don't know. But what is interesting and good about this is that people have taken that criticism on board and decided to not do it, at least not straight away.
1: That's good, that's Uh, good to hear.
0: Because I think a lot of people quite rightly had your point of view on this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you can save any lives, then, and, then do so.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. Well, I'm glad they've reconsidered because I found that very disturbing when I, I just saw the headline the other day and I was like, what? <laughs> mm.
0: I mean, they also, <laughs> they also don't do
1: it annually. Like in the States, it's recommended you go annually for this check. Um, but here it's every two years, I believe. Or okay. possibly three. So yeah, I feel like it's already not, they aren't being super aggressive with it already. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I mean, that they've taken on board the, the criticism. But what were you three, gonna say?
0: Three years is a long enough time for it to, to, to start and become a major problem. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's the other thing about the, the cervical cancer, cancer screening as well, which is a different topic um, also <laughs> also affecting all the women in Iceland.
1: Yes, there are several women whose um, tests were, um, I don't know how you say it, not deemed negative, but they received a negative result for their tests and so they thought everything was fine. Turns out everything was not fine. Years later they find out they have you know like stage four cancer. And so now they've changed. They're changing the um, the process. They're trying to find a different provider. Is that correct?
0: Mm, for testing. Yeah. Um, but as a result of that, no no results have been given for two months now, um, which is clearly not a good thing.
1: It's not. Can you imagine two months waiting to hear, especially if you're if you suspect that something is wrong. Yeah. And you're calling in and they're like, well, we'll, I'll, we'll call you next week <laughs> or two months, it turns out.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the, they say that the, the, the new system is going to be much better and much quicker, um, which is good, but that it's just taken a bit of time to set up.
1: I'm not really sure how the previous system was so out of whack. Like it couldn't be that there's only one person that's looking at, at these results or um, assessing them and making a final call on whether or not someone needs to come in for further screening. But it seems like that was the case. I mean, how else could you have so many people have false negatives? Hmm.
0: That's a good point. It was, it was down to one, one person, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. And I don't see how that's possible. Not when you're dealing with somebody's life.
0: Yeah,
1: Maybe that's be. part of the new system.
0: yeah you'd hope so wouldn't you yeah good point um yes okay where should we move on to from there um
1: there was the the school attack that was pretty shocking for iceland that is
0: yes it was six people were taken to hospital um the special forces unit of the state police, and, they think, and these
1: were all kids. Like these were not. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you saying?
0: They were all minors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um,
1: and there was there was a knife. There was a baseball bat involved.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I'm a little. I'm a little shocked. This is something I would. I wouldn't necessarily. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if something like this happened in the States. I'm a little surprised that it happened here in Iceland.
0: Yeah, I think most people were, uh, frankly. Um, the story from the boy's mother, because apparently apparently, it was all an attack on one boy. Um, mm-hmm. who, this is according to his mother anyway. She, He had intervened in an attack on a girl last September. Mm-hmm. And then those attackers have been targeting him
1: ever since. And that makes it all the worse. It's like it wasn't even just some random uh, teenagers wanting to prove if they are, you know, thugs or hardcore or whatever. It was because he was doing the right thing. I mean, if this is indeed the case, Mm. he was stepping in to help somebody else and then they retaliated.
0: Yeah. And she said something interesting as well, that she was happy it took place at the school.
1: Mm, Right. uh,
0: Because they had wanted, they had told him, ordered him to go and meet them at a shopping centre. And she says if that had happened, he could have died, you know.
1: Yeah. Which is true. That's crazy. What is going on?
0: Well... I mean, it's difficult being a teenager. We all know <laughs> that there are bullies out there and, and, and yeah, it's a difficult adjustment time, um, but it shouldn't ever go that far. What is going on? I mean, have, have the people themselves changed or is the system letting them down?
1: I'm not sure. Cause I feel like a few years ago, it was in the news a lot that Iceland had kind of um, developed this system to keep to this kind of safety net for teenagers. So this kind of thing doesn't happen. Like providing classes, community center activities, just something for kids to do to keep them out of trouble after school. Um, and clearly, some kids are still falling through the net, mm. getting into trouble. And I'm not sure what we can do about that. Because you can't force them to participate in after school programs, you can't force them to. Um, find something else to do. You can provide those things, but you can't force them to do it.
0: True. And, and we know that there are always the, that element of, of people, you know, that get into trouble and, and in inverted commas are trouble. Mm. Um, and it is, it's difficult to reach them. And the, the, the mother of the boy that was interviewed last week, again, she said that she feels just as much for their parents as she does for herself. Mm-hmm. Viewing that they've got a similar sort of uh, time ahead, a a difficult job, um, hoping that everyone makes it to adulthood um, in a a relatively balanced and well-functioning way on the victim and the perpetrator's side.
1: I'm I'm glad to hear that, because I feel like we, just as human beings, we tend to jump to the conclusion that um, people who commit these kind of violent acts, that there's something inherently wrong with them. And they're, you know, it's like, oh, they're just bad, as opposed to, you know, thinking about the whole person, why this happened, why they thought this was something they should do, and Mm -hmm. coming up with ways to help them and support them. Um, Yes, I'm. I'm glad that the adults around them seem to be having seem to have a better attitude, a positive attitude about helping them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the same goes for the teachers, too. They were heroes, apparently, um, getting in the way, putting themselves in great physical danger to try and stop this Mm. at the time. Um, And
1: so now they're reconsidering having um, kind of an open-door policy at the school. Is it just at that school or at schools in general?
0: Good question. I don't know, because this isn't the first time we've had incidents, disturbing incidents like this. Yeah, um, I think it was a year or two ago. There was a an attack in a school um, as well. Yeah. It was someone walked in. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and another one happened at the University of Iceland as well. Um, it's yeah, but people are quite proud almost and 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 like the openness of the schools here. Obviously, if it's safe,
1: uh, right? Because it does reinforce that feeling of safety. It's like mm. oh, you just can go into the school and you can just go to your kid's classroom. Of course, now with some of the COVID restrictions, you can't necessarily do that, but it does promote the sense of community and like the school isn't just about the kids, it's about everyone in the community. But um, yeah, then there's also this, you get the sense that maybe it's not the best idea to let just anybody walk into the school.
0: No, indeed. Um, but then this school, um, it's a it's a Framholskschkohli, it's for mostly 16 to 20 year olds. Um okay. and they have, you know, free periods, they're allowed in and out for lunch and all that sort of thing. It mm-hmm. the issue of security isn't a simple one either. Um, I mean, are they gonna have security passes with electric keys like people in offices do? Maybe. Um Maybe. sounds expensive.
1: It does. It's not unheard of no yeah it was expensive
0: but then if you've got a hundred people coming in using their passes through the door it would be just as easy to walk in among them anyway as an outsider if you want to get in i think you will get in
1: this is true yeah
0: tough one um (laughs) luckily no one was seriously injured
1: yeah and but only one person is in custody now right
0: that's right, yeah. I mean, they wanted all three of the people they arrested to be remanded in custody, but the court didn't allow that. And they only gave them access for, for one other person, one of the people. And was
1: that, was that due to their age or was a reason given? Because I didn't see anything.
0: Well, when a, when a case is ongoing, the the rule is that generally that people are allowed free while the case mm. is being investigated, unless there's a strong reason for it. And the okay. police have to prove that. Um, and I guess in this case, maybe two of the individuals weren't deemed as dangerous as the other one or something. Mm. Cause we know they're all minors. So I don't suppose right. that's, I don't suppose that was the, the only reason. Uh, mm-hmm. And also socials, social workers are involved as well right. because they're young. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think anybody knows the exact reasons.
1: Um, I imagine there were some that just came along and weren't necessarily actively involved.
0: Possibly. Who
1: knows? Uh, yeah. Terrible it's very thing. Very sad all around.
0: It is. It is. Right. We've got just a couple of minutes left. Um, maybe one other thing. What would you like to talk about? What oh, what
1: were with? our options again? Oh, yes. What's Spunky? going on with the Eastland's Bonkey? Well, I did. go ahead.
0: You and I own Eastland's Bonkey, obviously. Yes uh as does everyone I, I
1: i did not approve the salad on spunky so i'm not sure what's going on i wasn't consulted
0: that's not good did you not check your emails <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know i it may have gone to my spam that sometimes happens <laughs> well i mean
0: ever since the, the the state took over the bank when it was re-capitalized refinanced in the banking crisis 10 years ago or just mm-hmm. over the plan was always to sell it back into private hands it was mm. only a temporary measure um, i see and now for, from a public finances point of view now is a great time to do it because the finances are under such enormous strain mm-hmm. uh, but on the other the other hand is the question will they get the the right price for it
1: mm-hmm. because because kind of under financial strain
0: <laughs> precisely and that has caused a surprising amount of debate, really. There's there's two sides. People saying yes, absolutely, they will. Market conditions are surprisingly good. They will get good money for it, and now is the time. And other people saying no, ridiculous. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the economy's not looking good. They won't get a good price for it. Um, and I don't know who to believe. Do you?
1: <laughs> no, I have no idea. And I, I'm. <laughs> I'm tempted to err on the side of caution, just because I feel like everything's so unpredictable right now. Um, Mm -hmm. It takes a while to for these kinds of um, these kinds of sales to go through. And so you can might start off like, oh, things are looking great. This is going to be perfect. And then end up. Not getting what you expected.
0: That reminds me a little bit of Iceland Air Hotels. Mm-hmm. Sold off, and then the price kept <laughs> going down and down as the pandemic got worse and worse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I think maybe they should they should hold off. Yeah. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Everything is so unpredictable. I think if anything, the pandemic has shown us that. Like, even yeah. though we like to, think we have some, some semblance of control. We really don't. You never know what's going to happen.
0: And you also only know when the best time to sell is after it's gone, after it's been... Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, more money into the treasury is going to be very welcome. Um, Maybe more diversity and competition on the Icelandic banking market. Because don't forget, we also own Landsbanking. So... um, This is true. Yeah, so that would probably be a good thing. Um, but not being fleeced and, and selling something off cheap in a fire sale would be, <laughs> would be ideal as well. Let's not do that. Yeah. Well, oh. oh, I think that sounds like a good point to call it a day. Um, okay. The Week in Iceland will be back next Monday, the 25th of January on roof.as forward slash English, Ruf English on Facebook through the roof app and on your favourite podcast platform. Huge thanks to my guest today, Lydia Holt. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and also to Lydia Greta for running the technical side of things. We finish today with spurtningar which is a brand new song from Birtnet and Paul Oskar. Bye for now.
1: Påsso du det
0: Factory hooks are me. here. Spill